Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts, questions, feedback. You know what? I'll even accept adoration and praise. It is good to be here this morning. Thank you for, for tuning in. I didn't even mention yesterday, television program last night. If you missed it, shame on you. Kidding. You can always see it on our website. Actually, the place to see, yeah, you can go to the, the homepage on the website, scroll down to uh, the the section where there's some posts, and you'll see episode two of of Huff, or, or you can go to community.toddhuffshow.com and just click on TV. And we're currently posting episodes there. That was episode two. And anyway, it's uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun and um, good to be here this morning as well. So I want to start. In fact, I might do something today on this program that we don't normally do. I might do something today that we don't normally do. I've There's a I don't know if you've seen this doctor who addresses this is in indiana by the way mount vernon community school corporation that's a school board meeting and the doctor a doctor addresses the school board talking about the foolishness the fallacies in their approach to combating covid 19 in the school corporation. And so he stands up there. He gets apparently five minutes. It's about a, a six-minute speech. But it's as I was listening to this, and I've listened several times, um, it's just packed with a lot of information. He's talking quickly. He's trying to address concerns of the school board. And he does it in a very, I don't know, a very... A direct way, he clearly is standing against what this board is considering and what they're looking at doing. Who knows what's even next? By the way, did you see Fauci? You got to love this. Fauci out there yesterday, maybe, talking about the long-term, the the long-term impact on masks and children. Fauci says, hopefully, hopefully, he hopes. I love this, by the way. Fauci hopes. Hopefully making young kids wear masks won't have a lasting negative impact. We hope. Oh, my goodness. We hope. Is that following the science, by the way? Is that what following the science looks like, Fauci's hope? I mean, we're almost to that point. Thank you, Oz. Oz brought me some hot beverages here this morning. The voice is better, but still got to be careful until we're completely out of the woods with whatever's attacking my vocals here. But anyhow... 
hoping. Fauci's hope. Some people probably would say that that's science. Fauci, that, that is the science on the long-term effects of children wearing masks. Hopefully, hopefully it's okay, says Dr. Fauci. Yeah, throw them on. Throw those masks on. Cram those kids in those. We, we've got studies that show some very dirty and dangerous things on masks. Ah, just shove those on your kid's face. Strap them on there. Nothing to be worried about because COVID. COVID, 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 COVID. And look, I, oh my goodness. There... You can be concerned and and wise and whatever. Uh, look at ways to prevent the spread of, of COVID. But again, oh, I, at the end of the day, folks, we are dealing with a virus, a microscopic virus. And this doctor talks about that. So Fauci's out there hoping, fingers crossed, that masks don't have any long-term implications on children or, for that matter, anybody else. Meanwhile, that's that's what we're supposed to believe following the sciences. But meanwhile, we've got this doctor who approaches the Mount Vernon Community School Corporation, the board. And and there's to me there's a lot of things to pull out here. Number 1, if you are, I I know that there are uh, doctors who listen to this program. I've talked to some of you. If you are a doctor, if you are someone who's a trained medical professional, I encourage you I encourage you. I know that this is intimidating. I know it. I know in today's world um, of just everything is political, there's arguably at this point in time nothing more political than COVID. We've got Jim Acosta out there with a cute little bit last night. I think it was last night on his program, making, doing his best impersonation of Alyssa Milano. That's right. I think I heard it from her first. You know, TikTok, I found this on a, I'm not browsing TikTok, but I found this on Twitter. It was a TikTok video of Alyssa Milano saying the same thing Jim Acosta said. So maybe she's back there in the CNN, uh, you know, production meetings coming up with ideas for Jim Acosta. That's that's what I think is going on here. But anyway, got that going on. They're They're wanting to name different variants after Republican governors. All this stuff happening. So I know it's a political situation, but if you're a medical professional and look, it's it's important to not to, for schools to hear from people who have um, that want to actually follow science that is not directed by. Politics. Now, I don't pretend to know everything about this. I, I clearly that's that's not the case. But there is definitely some research and some scientific findings out there about coronavirus, about masks. I found it. I'm just your lovable talk show host here, folks. I'm just a guy with a microphone and some opinions and some things that I've thought about and you know studied for 20 years but not specifically covid those of you in the medical profession who who deal with this who who treat patients i this this blueprint of this doctor going before the school board i commend him and i i humbly encourage you to consider doing the same thing in your local school board i know look i know i know the ramifications of that. I know 
that there will be negatives that come from that. But if you believe that the direction we're going in schools again are headed, started to look at, at heading that direction with masks and maybe, who knows, forced vaccinations for everyone. And if if your medical opinion causes you to have doubts that this is the right thing to do or that this is even going to do anything like this doctor, what he says here, and I'm, I'm actually going to play this. This is I'm going to play the whole thing. I've gone back and forth on this, but I think it's worth listening to. I do. I think it's worth listening to, and I commend him for what he did. And I have to believe, I have to believe that within the reach of my voice this morning, or whenever you're listening to this fantastic program, you there are there are doctors, medical professionals who may think some of the same things. And that, look, there's not a litmus test here, but I'm just telling you what we're doing in many cases, it, it is defies logic. It defies common sense. It defies science. It defies the, what we've, what I remember learning in, in some of, you know, my studies and classes in college and high school about some of these things. I mean, we are we are literally, in some cases, making this up as we go. I mean, it, it is insane to me. And I know the political pressures are high, but I just, I encourage folks in your own communities, if you're a medical professional, if your schools are doing things that are not going to make a difference, but somehow make everyone feel better or... I don't know that that maybe maybe they actually do put children at risk. You start looking at pushing certain things, whether it's the long term effects of masks, which Fauci fingers crossed hopes aren't going to be harmful to children. I mean, just think about that comment alone, which I've alluded to twice now. But just that, it, I, I just it, it's beyond my ability to comprehend. Sometimes what we allow the people, the Fauci's of the world to get away with. Meanwhile, the other side who has good arguments are sometimes, I guess, too afraid or intimidated, or maybe they're they're just not public people. I don't know. They just want to keep these things quiet. It's not really my place. A lot of conservatives are like that. I understand that. I respect that to a, to a large degree, but at some, at some point, at some point, the things we're doing and the direction we're going is so bad. We've already talked about how much in previous programs, how much income, how much income um, students have given up over their lifetime because of our response to COVID. Now you're looking at long-term mask effects. You've got the mental health component, the number of students who have contemplated even suicide because of the social isol- isolation and so forth. You've got all of these unfilled jobs in the workplace because, you know, nobody wants to work because, heck, some people I think are still scared of COVID. Some people want to be able to not work and get these enhanced benefits and so forth. These are all, all this is fallout from mismanagement of of COVID-19. 
you know, we couldn't, it's a virus. We were not going to stop it from, you know, from, from spreading. But in a lot of ways, I just wonder how much, how much of this have we brought on ourselves? How much of this because of behavior, because of, oh, because of, uh, policies in schools because of you know on down the line where does this where does this stop what's the real total damage here and i commend this doctor for what he did so i wonder again i say this with all humility because i like i respect those in this audience more than you can possibly possibly understand sometimes but I wonder if someone out there today is a doctor, medical professional that says, look, this stuff is out of control. In my school district, or maybe it's in my state, I can't sit by any longer silently and let the the only so-called doctors we hear from, those who um, continue to say the things that push us more into to craziness, push us more into you know, an anti-democratic sort of society to take away liberties and freedom and choice and whatever else that are just pushing us the wrong def- wrong direction scientifically. That's not really what the science is saying. For those who actually are consistent in their approach, unlike Dr. Fauci, who has been truly 100% in ever, I, I can't even tell you. I don't know what one thing the guy's been consistent on. I just don't. I just don't. And you look at what he said about the gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab and all this stuff and his fights with Rand Paul before the committee. Rand Paul, uh, criminal referral, or you know, just all this stuff that's being, that's being said and done out there with, with COVID-19 and the finger-pointing and the animosity in this great nation. And I know there's that that creates some tension and intimidation, but at the same time, I find myself just commending this guy and just having to believe that there's a lot more people that would want to say or would say something similar to their local school boards, to their local communities, to a state, you know, to in front of a state government panel, um, the state board of health or whoever else, national Institute of Health, people need to hear that. I've had I've heard of doctors who have who have said to folks, hey, I don't agree with what the direction is we're going with this, but we've been those who disagree have been have been silenced. And I just know that there's a lot of doctors, a lot of medical professionals out there that that believe the same thing. So anyway, I'm gonna play this guy's talk or his I don't know, his five minutes before the the school board. I think it's worth it. I commend him. And we'll do that after the break. So sit tight. You're listening here to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, as I said last segment, I am going to do something that I normally don't do. We're going to play a longer sound clip. This is a doctor addressing the Mount Vernon Community School Corporation, which I believe I believe is in uh, Fortville. 
which is not far from Indianapolis. So I'm going to reserve the right here, you know, some, to the chagrin of some of you. I'm going to reserve the right to jump in here at any moment in time that I see appropriate if I want to clarify or say something. But I'm going to do the best, to the best of my ability anyway. I'm going to play this uh, <laughs> this soundbite. It's about, it's about six minutes. It's him addressing. It's a doctor. So, again, a doctor addressing a school board in, in regards to what the school system has been doing, is considering doing um, regarding COVID-19 and, and how to mitigate that and all the things, right, that, that, are, that are happening and being taken under consideration there um, as they are in any school district around, around the country. So here he is addressing this school board. And I just want you to uh, to listen to this. Um, to, to address your comment, gee, it's hard to believe we're 18 months into this and still having a problem. And I would suggest the reason we still have a problem is because we're doing things that are not useful. And we're getting our sources of information from the Anna State Board of Health and the CDC, who actually don't bother to read science before they do this. Um, I'm actually a functional family medicine physician. That means I am specially trained in immunology and inflammation regulation. And everything being recommended by the CDC and the State Board of Health is actually contrary to all the rules of science. So things you should know about coronavirus and all other respiratory viruses, they are spread by aerosol particles, which are small enough to go through every mask. By the way, the literature that supports all of that is in a flash drive that we presented to you has been given to the secretary. As a matter of fact, it quotes at least three studies sponsored by the NIH to that exact fact, even though the CDC and the NIH have chosen to, avoid, to ignore the very science that they paid to have done. Um, that is why you keep struggling with this, is because you cannot make these viruses go away. The natural history of all respiratory viruses is that they circulate all year long, waiting for the immune system to get sick through the winter or become deranged, as has happened recently with these vaccines, and then they cause symptomatic disease. Because they cannot be filtered out, and they have animal reservoirs, and this is a very important point, no one can make this virus go away. The CDC has managed to convince everybody that we can handle this like we did smallpox, where we could make a virus go away. Smallpox had no animal reservoirs. The only thing it learned to infect was humans. That's why we were able to make that virus go away. That will not happen with this any more than it will with influenza, the common cold, respiratory syncytial virus, adenoviral respiratory syndromes, or anything else that has animal reservoirs. So the reason you can't do this is because you're trying to do something which has already been tried and can't be done. Equally important is that vaccination changes none of this, especially with this vaccine. And I would hope this board would start asking itself, before it considers taking the advice of the CDC, the NIH, and the State Board of Health, why we are doing things about this that we didn't do for the common cold, influenza, or respiratory syncytial virus. And then ask yourself, why is a vaccine that is supposedly so effective having a breakout in the middle of the summer when respiratory viral syndromes don't do that? And to help you understand that, you need to know the condition that is called antibody-mediated viral enhancement. That is a condition done when vaccines work wrong, as they did in every coronavirus study done in animals on coronaviruses after the SARS uh, outbreak and done in respiratory syncytial virus, where a vaccine used in a vulnerable individual done the wrong way, which why it cannot be done right for a respiratory virus, which has a very low pathogenicity rate, causes the immune system to actually fight the virus wrong and let the virus become worse than it would with native infection. And that is why you are seeing an outbreak right now. In fact, in that flash drive you're going to have coming to you and in the emails with six extra, there will be a study showing that 75% of people who had COVID-19 positive symptom cases 
and Barnstable, Massachusetts outbreak were fully vaccinated. Okay, so we're about halfway through this. So I just, I fought the urge to jump in a couple of times already, but there's a lot, a lot here, right? I, I know in a sense this is, he's clearly knows, has read a lot about this, has seen the studies, is, this is his area of expertise, this is his language, and you can tell it's just flowing naturally uh, from his from his lips as he's as he's addressing this. And a lot of things he's addressed, he's addressed the vaccine, he's addressed the nature of coronaviruses, he's compared and contrasted coronavirus with smallpox, which he says smallpox was able to be eradicated through a vaccine because there were no animal reservoirs that just spread person to person, and so we were able to identified, isolated, and figure out how to how to treat it, and suddenly, poof, it's off the uh, it, it's off the radar. It's off the it, it doesn't it doesn't really and truthfully exist anymore. You, you don't catch smallpox. We effectively eradicated it, so you can't do that with coronaviruses because they have animal reservoirs, and they you know they're continually. I guess mutating and changing because of that. I don't, again, I'm not the doctor here, but that's presumably what's happening. And so these viruses um, and the way that vaccines address them is is just simply, it's a different animal, so to speak. So he's trying to give this board, and he's also talked about masks. He talked about the size of the virus and how the virus spreads through aerosol particles floating around in the air and that these the virus itself is much smaller than the size of the hole in in a mask any mask whatsoever he references mask studies and how masks are ineffective against things like coronaviruses i know that we've talked about it on here the studies done about the flu virus and masks and those studies that were conducted showed that there were uh, – we looked at six, seven, eight. I forget how many there were. Some were half dozen or so, maybe maybe as many as eight, all showed that with the flu virus – and this was all done prior to the coronavirus pandemic, outbreak, whatever you, we want to call this now. We These studies were done before that and was with the cold – or excuse me, with the flu virus – but all of those studies indicated that wearing a mask made no statistical difference or not. In fact, one of the studies showed that wearing a mask actually increased the person's ability or, I guess, uh, likelihood to transmit or to get the virus because they were fid- fidgeting with their mask and uh, presumably had virus on their hands or whatever, and then that was the method by which the virus entered in through the nose or whatever, through the mouth. So this is what he's alluding to. I just wanted to break that up because I know there's a lot there and we're about halfway through it. So timeout is in order. Timeout is in order. We'll come back and I'll play the rest of uh, his speech, if you will, his uh, address before this local school board body here in central Indiana. We'll do that after the break, by the way program is brought to you in part brought to you in part by our friends at economy heating air conditioning 
and plumbing. You can find out more by visiting their website, economyheatingandair.com. That's economyheatingandair.com. Or call them, 317-831-5279, 317-831-5279. Quick timeout back here in just a minute. So, been playing this exchange, or I guess this address of a physician, doctor, as it pertains to coronavirus procedures or policies, I guess, in his local school uh, district, which is Mount Vernon Community School Corporation, which is just outside of. Indianapolis is in the metro area, as I believe. I believe it's in Fortville. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so here he is. We played the first half last segment. Here he is again addressing addressing this body, trying to help them to navigate and to stop instituting policies that are not going to make any difference, that may have other long-term ramifications. Again, Dr. Fauci is now on record that says hopefully he's hoping. Fingers crossed here, the very scientific approach. Fingers crossed on whether or not masks have long-term impacts, negative impacts on on children, or for that matter, I guess anybody. But here we go. This is picking up where we left off with the doctor addressing the school board. Therefore, there is no reason for treating any person vaccinated any differently than any person unvaccinated. You should also know that no vaccine, even the ones I support and would give to myself and my children, ever stops infection. In 2014, there was outbreak of mumps in the National Hockey League. The only people who came down with symptoms were the people who were unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status. Boy, that sounds like a great argument for vaccines. But a question that you should ask yourself, knowing that half of the people who came down with symptomatic disease had no contact with an unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status individual, Where did they get the disease? And the answer was from the vaccinated individuals. No vaccine prevents you from getting infection. You get infected, you shed pathogen. This is especially true of viral respiratory pathogens. You just don't get symptomatic from it. So you cannot stop spread. You cannot make these numbers that you've planned on get better by doing any of the things you're doing because that is the nature of viral respiratory pathogens. And you can't prevent it with a vaccine because they don't do the very thing you're wanting them to do. And you will be chasing this the remainder of your life until you recognize that the Center for Disease Control and the Indiana State Board of Health are giving you very bad scientific guidance. And instead, read the articles that are going to come on the email and are on this flash drive and listen to the people in this audience here tonight who actually have recognized the advice they are getting from the CDC and the NIH is counterfactual. And that's why you're still fighting this with this vaccine that supposedly was going to make all of this go away, but it suddenly managed to make an outbreak of COVID-19 develop in the middle of the summer when vitamin D levels are at their highest. By the way, the other thing that would be necessary, any vaccine restriction to be considered is if there were no other treatment available. And I can tell you, having treated over 15 COVID-19 patients, that between active loading with vitamin D, ivermectin, and zinc, that there is not a single person who has come anywhere near the hospital And we already have studies that show that if you achieve a 25-hydroxy vitamin D level greater than 55, your risk of COVID-19 death will drop down to one quarter of the population average for the United States. 
and there are active treatment trials included on that flash drive that show the same is true. So if you were going to discriminate based upon vaccine, you should also discriminate based upon 25-hydroxyvitamin D level, zinc taste test response, and probably previous infections since there are also studies on that flash drive that show that people who have recovered from COVID-19 infection actually get no benefit from vaccination at all, no reduction in symptoms, no reduction in hospitalization, and suffer two to four times the rate of side effects if they are subsequently vaccinated. Therefore, the policies that you are basing on are totally counterfactual. I don't blame this board for that because I know you aren't scientists and you've thought it was reasonable to listen to the CDC, NIH, and the Indiana State Board of Health, but I would encourage that instead you listen to the people out here in this audience and read what's on that data drive. And if anybody here in this board has any questions about anything on that, I will happily come back and sit with you individually if you would like to explain the science behind this. And if you're worried about being sued by somebody because you don't follow the guidance of the CDC and the NIH, I will tell you you have a free pro bono expert testimony at your disposal. I will testify in defense of this court, turning down all these recommendations for free at any time in any court. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. So a lot packed in there. I liked how he ended that as well, which is, look, hey, if you want to stop following the advice of the CDC or Indiana State Department of Health or whatever it's officially called, if you want to stop doing that, if you're worried about a lawsuit – he says, I will, right now, on the record of your meeting, I am volunteering to testify on your behalf before any court at any time, anywhere, without any charge whatsoever to you because this needs to be dealt with. Now, look, there's some out there that may disagree with this doctor, okay? But I will say this. People that are saying the things he's saying are at a major disadvantage in the overall debate because they are not allowed to talk. They are not allowed to share their opinions. Facebook, if, I mean, it's, I'm sure at some point in time, this is uh, this was shared with me on, on Facebook yesterday, and I want to thank John for sharing that with me. But I would it surprise you if this was taken off of Facebook? I mean, even today, I don't, I don't know. But this is the sort of thing that's not allowed to be said. You're not allowed to raise questions. And because of that, and because of the political pressures, a lot of these medical professionals who share these opinions, this perspective, or something similar to this, are silenced. And ask yourself, even if you don't agree with what he was saying, if you don't think that's what the science says, or whatever the case may be, if it, why should he not be able to make that case? He obviously is basing his perspective on scientific studies and findings. I mean, it is, it's remarkable to me how, how there's no room for discussion on what scientific research says. I mean, there is an interpretation factor Right in, in any research, I have to interpret what I am looking at. And two people can look at the same research and have different interpretations. Now, over time, you can challenge and you can typically, not always, but you can, in many cases, prove or disprove one of the other's interpretations or hypotheses, if you will, Sometimes it's not even it's not even that easy, especially when you're looking at, say, climate 
change science, the climate science. Of course, we have this report from the uh, the UN, which basically says we're all it's too late. There's really nothing we can do besides uh, change our behaviors, blame America, and tax the living daylights out of every breathing American or person from a prosperous country in hopes that we can somehow mitigate the impending doom and disaster that's been unleashed upon the world because of prosperous countries, people who use uh, the internal combustion engine and jets and all sorts of things. We've destroyed the planet. We're killing people. I think I, I don't know if I referenced it yesterday. I meant to. The study that I literally said, and I got this, I, I don't have it pulled up here, but I, I looked at it again yesterday. For every three Americans, one there's one death to climate change? What what in the world? Does anyone in their right minds believe that? That That is insane to even suggest, but that's what, quote unquote, the research shows. And see, when the research makes bold claims like that, I mean, outrageous, that's, that's ridiculously stupid. If that is what the quote-unquote research says, we surely should understand that an interpretation is involved in that. So there you have it. But I commend this doctor, and I commend... I commend others, and his just happened to go viral. I'm sure this is this has happened in other school board meetings, other uh, governmental you know proceedings, and so forth around the country. And I admire those and respect those that stand up. This this ultimately, there's a lot of things that need to be done for Americans to regain control of their government at all levels, and this is one of those one of those things. It's very important. It's very important, and if you've if you're a medical professional and have been inspired by what this doctor said and did, I I encourage you to consider, um, you know, maybe doing something something similar. He did it respectfully. He didn't. There wasn't a dumpster fire created afterwards. I mean, there's passion in his voice, but he did it in a way that uh, he communicated. He respected those on the board, and, and and it can be done. It really can be done. And so I commend him and encourage others, others in this audience. And some, some folks are actively engaged in multiple ways in their communities uh, already. But for those who may not, whether you're a doctor or not, don't be afraid to, to attend these meetings, to share your opinion. There's a lot of people who are, uh, the, the, the hornet's nest in a sense have been, has been stirred here over the course of the past several years because of government and what government is doing in the lives of everyday average American citizens. A quick timeout is in order here. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. back just saw this during the break i had not seen this before and yes i i just don't have time to get to um jim acosta out there maybe i don't yeah i just don't have time maybe do that uh tomorrow but the, here here's a headline for you this is in the epic times companies now deducting 50 dollars from unvaccinated workers' monthly paychecks. That's according to a consultancy firm. 
Some employers, I'm reading here from this article at the Epic Times, are starting to tack on a fifty to uh, excuse me twenty dollar to fifty dollar monthly surcharge to their unvaccinated workers, according to a health benefits consultant group. Employers have tried encouraging employees to get vaccinated through offering incentives like paid time off and cash, but with the Delta variant driving up infections and hospitalizations throughout the country, at the same time that vaccination rates have stalled. We have received inquiries from at least 20 employers over the past few weeks who are giving consideration to adding health coverage surcharges for the unvaccinated as a way to drive up vaccination rates in their workforce. Wade Simmons with consultancy group Mercer told Forbes magazine back on August 8th. He didn't uh, disclose the names of the firms that are working to add surcharges to workers who haven't received COVID-19 vaccines. Um, so there you go. You're now, can, can you imagine if we did this for anything else? Can you imagine? Well, Todd, but it's not killing people. Okay. I, you know, at some point it's just, I don't, I don't even know what to, to say at some particular, some particular point here. Um, this is, this is where we are and this has become the political path and the certain people in the scientific community are out there, you know, carrying, it's the same thing with this, this United Nations climate report. It just falls, you know, right in line with what one group of politicians wants to see done. Uh, in this in this country or in the case of the UN around the world long in this segment got to take a break back in just a minute welcome back so 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 it's all the time. Again, I wish I had time to get to Jim Acosta, and maybe we'll do this tomorrow. But Jim Acosta out there copying Alyssa Milano, <laughs> copying Alyssa Milano in um, basically saying when there's a new outbreak, we need to name it after Republican governors like the DeSantis variant and the Abbott variant. I mean, this is why yesterday trending on social media was the Obama variant. Obama's hosting that big birthday bash. I've got Fox News playing in the background here showing other Democrat politicians holding hands, dancing in circles, maskless. I mean, it's just remarkable, the hypocrisy on this. And it's no wonder why people can't take some of this stuff seriously. But anyway, out of time. Music telling me it's time to wrap up for the day. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care. I